Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Jonathan Pierce. Eric has jumped in and seen a kung fu kick, a fan. Terry Alderton. Do you like shoes, madam? And friends. <laughs> <laughs> JP. The mad side of genius. And T. Good to meet you, love. The football friendly. Hello, everybody. Welcome to JP and T, the football friendly. The new season starts. Mr. Alderton, how's your summer been? Oh, it's been great. I've been doing gigs again. I've been out doing gigs. Haven't people go, tell us a joke, mate? Well, the season has started, and uh, we're going to start, as we started, the whole of JP and T, the football friendly, yes. with our very, very good friend. And uh, I travelled the world with him, and he won the title with Blackburn Rovers, and he was a legend at Fulham, and he was a legend at West Ham United. He played a couple of games at Crystal Palace, and he worked with me on the radio at Capital Gold, and we laughed, and we laughed, and we laughed. And his yes. name is Mr. Tony Gale. Tony Gale. Thank you, JP. Cheers. Oh, no, no, thank you, Terry. All right, that's all right. I said cheers, Tell. Oh, sorry, I didn't realise that. It just cut out on me. There we are. Anyway, how are you, Gailey? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm very good, mate. And uh, great to see South End flying away. Mate, two games, two wins, two games. We're, we're, we're going to win the league, aren't we? It's, it's, it's back. We're going to be up in the professional leagues again. It's unbelievable. 
just shows you no training, nowhere to go in pre-season. It's the way to go, isn't it? You it's know, the way forward. Everyone's going to be doing it. It's going to be like Moneyball. I just uh, I should play the Brad Pitt part. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, when you uh, I want to I want to take you all the way back to seventy seven seventy eight, which is your debut season, start of the season. Because mm. what was it like for you? Bobby Moore retired, and I just wonder what what was the awareness you come in to replace Bob at Fulham. And but what was the oh my god, there's no more Bobby Moore, there's no more Bobby Moore playing football in England. What, what, what was that feeling like, Tony? Oh, I think the feeling was well, that Tony Gow's on the scene, no worries, <laughs> yeah, no problems, no problems. But I did have the, as you know, Jonathan and Tell, I did have the um pleasure of following Bobby everywhere, didn't I? So I did Fulham, did West Ham, and I even followed him with yourself at Capital Gold. So that sort of thing for me, when he did retire, was uh, quite commonplace. He kept retiring and kept putting me in the cart everywhere. I, and I was picking up the pieces, like working with you in the end, Jonathan. But no, he was brilliant. Uh, to the footballing world, it was. We, I think it was just all astounded that he didn't get a massive job after that. That Bobby didn't go on to maybe be like a Franz Beckenbauer of Germany and, you know, Go into the hierarchy of the FA, or even take over as manager, well, or be let's go, around. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go back. Just I need to jump in on there because he did go somewhere big, didn't he? He went to Southend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's start at the bottom. <laughs> he went to Southend, and I remember being a kid actually in the dressing room, and he and they said Bobby Bobby Moore's going to come in and give you a, a, like a, a team talk. And uh, fifteen years old, it's like oh my god, Bobby Moore's standing in front of you. But what was really freaking me out because my even my dad didn't even swear then, and he's effing and blinded, and I'm thinking. No, this is brilliant. It's an adult swearing. It's fantastic. But what what a what a what a thing to have as a as a kid seeing Bobby Moore. So to have him as a as a, an actual peer and teammate is stupid. Well, well you weren't ever teammates, were you? But you know what I mean. What was the best bit of advice he gave both of you? Uh, for me, not yeah. a lot of advice actually, PSC. But I was I was told by my uh, footballing mentors, Bobby Campbell and Ken Craggs, who was the uh, it was a sort of assistant or one of the coaches at, at Fulham, but who's also in charge of the apprentices. Just watch, sit there, watch, listen, and do you know? Try and copy as much as you can of Bobby. Mm. And that mm. was really, uh, I mean, that was just a pleasure to do, wasn't it? And I, I had the pleasure of him taking me back in his car from training. I don't, you'll, you'll remember it because he had a yellow jack, didn't he? And. Um, he had to go all the way to East London, but I was in West London. So now and again, the coach would let me off early just so that I had 45 minutes in the car with Bob. And wow. just, but I never spoke. I should be, <laughs> to be honest. I was like, you know, you, you just speak when spoken to when you're in the presence of someone like that. But I made sure that he dropped me off at Looper Street where all my mates used to congregate every time. And I got out of that car there. Although I was myself talking to him I wanted them to know that I just got out of a yellow jag with a 1966 England World Cup captain being my cab driver <laughs> he, 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 he used to insist on driving me into the commentaries on cabinet. He wouldn't let me drive, and he used to drive the, 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 the big car. And uh, <laughs> yeah. he always used because he said I used to do the work as a commentator. So he he would he just sat there doing the car. So he would do the work driving. Anyway, and Rob Watton, who's been on Sky for years, came with us in that chair. He sat in the front. I sat in the back. 
first car we'd ever been in or Rob had ever been in with the electric heated seats. Mm. So uh, we're, we're heading up north somewhere and 20 minutes into the journey, <laughs> Rob's tapped Bobby on the shoulder and he's gone, Bob, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I've re- I'm so embarrassed. I don't, know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And Bob's gone, what's the matter? He said, I... Th- I think I pooed myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Electric seat. I think seat. I pooed myself. Yeah, heated seat, yeah. Yeah, he's got my He said, I think I pooed myself. He says, it's, it's the heated seat, you daft bollocks. So, <laughs> anyway, and what, what, going back to Fulham days, because the theme this week is obviously start of the season. What happened at the start of 79-80 with Malcolm? Because he suspended you, didn't he? With Malcolm McDonald. What was that all about? Didn't he ban you? No, no, he didn't ban me. Um, he called me into the office. Um, I, I obviously got into the first team very early when I was 16 years of age. I was captain when I was 18 years of age of season pres- uh, season professionals at the football club. So I think maybe I might have got too big big for my boots, and I don't mind saying that. You know, sometimes you get in a little bit of a comfort zone, don't you? When you know you're probably one of one of, or if not the best player in the football club at the time. You know, in the team at 16, taking over from Bobby. Captain at 18, under the managership of uh, Bobby Campbell. And then when Malcolm came in after Fulham was struggling, he probably thought this guy needed to kick up the arse. And I probably, looking back, I probably did because I maybe had become a little bit too big for me boots, being one of the better players at the football club. And, you know, just got my feet under the table slightly. So he called me into the, uh, into the office, the manager's office, and he went, look, I've, I've wrote down a, a list of six things that I know you can't do. So you, you can't hit the ball, you're not very quick, you ain't got a left foot, you blah, 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 blah. I, I sat back there like that and I thought, I better retire then, and I? I better retire. <laughs> now, like I'm as bad as someone like Terry Alderton. That's how hey. I better retire. Because <laughs> um, I always had something to say myself, for myself. I always had a little bit of a chirp, which it sometimes can get you in a little bit of trouble. But he dropped me for a game, an FA Cup game against Charlton, and they lost the game. Lost it 2-1, and the guy who took my place had a little bit of a nightmare, actually. And I was back for the next game. But from that game onwards, my career, although it had started really well, and just tailed a weeny bit, it went onwards and upwards. And Malcolm yeah. was brilliant for me, absolutely brilliant. And he told me why he brought me into the office, and then started to tell me six things I could do, rather than I couldn't do, and I yeah. could do very well. But he was brilliant, Malcolm. I'll never forget Malcolm. He's a he, he's a great man. But it's a good thing. There's a saying, isn't there? If you if you if you know your shit, you're halfway to being good, aren't you? And there's no point in telling someone they're brilliant at what they can do good. Tell them. And obviously, you went on to win a, a, a Premier League medal. So he was right. And, and, and what was that pre-season like? Start of the season. I think it was the 11th of August, 1986, when you signed for Blackburn because you literally got a telephone call from. West Ham had freed you, hadn't they? And you got a telephone call from Kenny Dalglish. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I've been promised a contract by West Ham. It was my testimonial year, uh, the ten season things or ten year thing that you do. And uh, I've been promised two months before the end of that season that I was going to have a two year contract. Uh, so I played all the way up to the end of the season. Uh, played on the Saturday against Southampton, the last game, and on the Sunday was my game against the Republic of Ireland for my testimonial. Anyway, I came into the ground and they told me they weren't going to give me a contract now. And that kind of put me in shit street, if you like. Mm. I was a bit lumbered because they told me that late. And I, I then had to go out and play. All my family are there. And I was on a little bit of a downer 
on the best day, which should have been in my life. But uh, it didn't affect me then. But in the pre-season, obviously, I didn't have a club, so I had to keep training. So I trained with Barnett, with um, Ray Clements, who was manager then, and Terry Bullivan, just to keep fit, because I was out of contract until a team came in. Anyway, I had offers from America, Japan. Uh, didn't fancy doing that, because uh, I had a young family. And it was two weeks to go, and still no one had come in with a positive sign. I could have signed for lower league clubs, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to hold on. What age were you at this point in time, sorry? I was 34, Tell, 34. Right, okay. So, I, I, I then played for a guy called Fred Callahan, who Jonathan you know, and you may know as well, Terry. He was a Wildstone manager, and he said, do you want to play in a round-robin tournament against Farnborough to keep fit? I heard you're, not, you know, you're struggling and you can't play games because of this contractual situation. <laughs> I went, yeah, I'd love to. Played in the game, came off. That was on a Saturday. I got a phone call Saturday night from Kenny Dalgleish and Ray Harford, who was the assistant manager, who I had the link with at Fulham under Malcolm McDonald, funny enough. And uh, they said, look, we've got a shortage of players in our squad. We need you to come up to Scotland immediately. We were playing Celtic on the Sunday. I had already played on the Saturday. We are playing Celtic. You've got to get yourself up to Amden Park. So I zoomed up there with my dad, got on the plane. My dad used to come everywhere with me. He sat in on the pre-match lunch with all the lads. Uh, you know, a taxi driver from London, a black taxi driver sitting down with Shearer, Sutton, Flowers, <laughs> Dan Beach, Harford, having a pre-match meal with them. Uh, played the game against Celtic. And they said, right, uh, uh, we'd like you to sign for us on the Tuesday, sign a year's contract. Uh, I said, oh, I'll have to think about it. Let me think about it. Yeah, I'll have it. <laughs> didn't, didn't even about, speak about the money, to be honest. And I made the actual debut, which was really strange, against Man United the next Saturday in the Charity Shield. Wow. And uh, I'd never played at Wembley before. And did, did, you, know, did, did you know, right at the start of the season, did you know you had the team there to win the title? Oh, well, yeah. I, I actually, when I signed and I went up there in that midweek in between the Celtic and United games, I... I spoke to the chairman, Robert Corr, and he went, how do you think we're going to do this season? You know, And I went, well, I said, you know, obviously, you went very close last season, but I think, you know, you're, you're going to do it this season. And he said, why? I said, well, you've got me, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, uh, they just signed Chris Sutton as well at the same time. Chris Sutton was, uh, uh, I think, a record signing for him then. And so Sutton ended up playing up front with Alan Shearer, the SAS, and things blossomed on. I think it was only three of us who signed. Myself, Chris Sutton, and a guy called Robbie Slater, who was a Australian international. But uh, I ended up room, rooming with Chris. He was about 22 or 23. Me being 34, I think we were like the odd couple. But <laughs> um, I'm still friends with him to this day. I, you know, he's, he's a lovely fella, so. He's funny, man. Did you? Did he come from Norwich at that point, didn't he? If I remember rightly. Yeah, he did. He did come from Norwich. Um, and he came... Replacing, although Mike Newell stayed in the squad that season, he came in to replace Newley. But Sutty was, a, I tell you, was such an underrated player. Worked really hard, good touch, yeah. backing into defenders. It was, it was actually a nightmare for defenders. He was the perfect foil for Allen. They were, at times, those two were unplayable. Well, he was he was the last of that old school thing where you stick him in the back as well. He could go and play centre back and then stick him out front. Yeah, yeah, well done, Tell. Yeah, he did. He, he played centre-back um, and a couple of times he reverted to that position when we were 
had players sent off or whatever. He mm. went back in centre-back position. But uh, I, I think at Norwich, they're a little bit undecided. But when you've got a geezer who starts scoring goals like he was at Norwich, you don't stick yeah. him at the back. You put him Wasn't my, my old mate Spinner might have been there then, actually. Spencer Pryor was probably at Norwich at that point. But anyway, I yeah, digress. He played, with, he played with Chris, yeah, he did. Yeah. You mentioned Robbie Slater there of Australia. I just wonder... If you've been watching the Australia New Zealand Women's World Cup, let's talk Ooh, about that. Women's World Cup. Yes, Tony, after the break, we'll talk about that. JPT, the football friendly. JPT, the football friendly. Jonathan mm. Pierce, Terry Alderton, and Mr. Tony Gale is with us. And just before the break, I asked you a question. You have to be honest on this. So I'm very Ooh. interested. I've been involved in women's football now for, what, 11 years? And I've loved it. And I'm involved with the Women's World Cup right the way through to the end. Um, have you watched any of it? Are you interested in it? Uh, of course I'm interested in England. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Jonathan. Of course I'm interested in England and how we do. And I want us to do well in anything we do. You know, whether it's women's athletics, football, swimming, whatever. You want us to win. But uh, I haven't been impressed with the quality of this World Cup, I must admit. Um, I've been a little bit disappointed. It's the England games I've been watching, but we know that you can't play well all the time in tournaments. But it's, it's been pretty scrappy, to be honest. And uh, the goalkeeping errors have alarmed me. And I've heard the commentators saying that, oh, the goalkeeping standards are better than ever and whatever. But I think it's been a little bit overhyped, if I'm if I'm honest. The women's the women's football, this World Cup has been overhyped. Don't think it's helped with the scheduling in Australia. And if you no. want to watch the games, you've got to watch it at nine o'clock in the mm. morning or eleven o'clock is the next kickoff. Uh, of all the teams that I've seen uh, who played it the quickest and the best, probably uh, one and two touch football, it was the Japan team. I thought they were very good. Uh, but of course, all the favourites seem to be getting knocked out. But, of course, I want us to win. It's, it's going to be great for the women's team. Um, but if we, if we do win the World Cup, or even if, you know, having got to semi-finals, it's still good anyway. Mm. Uh, but but it, I, I don't think the standard has been that good. When I look at the men's football and then I look at the women's football, there's still a long way to go with the ladies. But, again, having said that, it's come on a million miles from where it was before. But it's a long way to go. It has, and I've done 2015 World Cup in Canada and 2019 in France and, and this one. And I, and I, w I would agree with you that the standard of the, of the top teams hasn't kicked on. USA poor, Germany poor, France had their moments, <coughs> Japan were decent in bits. Uh, you know, in, 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 I hope England proved me wrong and I hope they go on and win the World Cup. And if they do, they, they, they will go down in history. I don't think the team is, has so far been as strong as the team was to this stage in France or in Canada. I know they're missing key players, Beth Mead and Leah Williamson and so on, and the, and the suspension for uh, young James as well didn't help. But um, that, that would, that's where I am. The standard of the teams below has risen. There's no question about that. They, you know, they're squeezing the difference. But, uh, and it doesn't help for me. I don't know what you think about it, Terry, but when Infantino, president of FIFA, says, oh, it's the best World Cup ever, or, oh, the gates are up. Well, they weren't at one stage when he was saying that. Oh, there's more goals than ever, and they weren't, they weren't when he went at that stage when he said that. And I just, I just, I, it, just let it be. Let it be. Let it grow hmm. in its own way. You know, don't force the growth by over-hyping and, and um, 
you know, in the same way that at one stage the EFL, the Football League, when it when it first went separate and was on television separately and there'd be te- television programs by somebody, oh, it's unbelievable, it's unbelievable. Look at the stand, you're thinking, no, it, it, you're overhyping it. So mm. may, maybe that's a fault of the trade, my trade, I don't know. But it's been fascinating to me, and I'm really interested in what you think. What do you think, Tell? Well, I, I'm the same as um, Tony, actually. I'm exactly the same with the fact that, you know, it's it, because of the time, if it had been on uh, a, a more appropriate time, I would have I watched a lot more of it, to be honest with you, because I do enjoy the, the ladies' game, I'll be honest. And you saying about the quality of the, the lesser teams have come up, well, I agree with that. And I thought that in the last Men's World Cup as well. I think the last Men's World Cup, I think the lesser teams have come up. And that's why we're seeing the likes of Croatia now in always in the sort of final ends of the of the tournaments and what have you. And, you know, I think a lot of world football has come up. If you look at the American game as well, um, that that's that's come up hugely as well. That was like nothing. I mean, when you were asked to go there, Tone, that was kind of that typical... No disrespect to you, but you were 34, end of your career thing, wasn't it? It was the graveyard of, of top talent, where now, of course, Saudi Arabia seems to have become that with huge money. But um, with the women's game, I, I think um, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? It is a tough one. I think Tony's right. If we get to the final, I bet you the final, if we were in the final, we beat Australia and get in the final, that game will be... The, by far the most viewed people will then watch the final they probably will yeah. watch the semi-final as well oh, they will. but I think I think the time thing is is the big issue here that's the big issue it's it's a killer and also FIFA need to recognise this because there's always been hopes that Australia New Zealand and maybe one or two other nations down there uh, in Oceania could host a World Cup a men's World Cup I think it's important that FIFA learn from this you're right about the time mm. zones as well because FIFA have had hopes and, and Australia certainly have bid for previous men's World Cup that men's World Cup would be held down there it affects the viewing figures and therefore it affects the revenue they can get from sponsors they've got to take note of what's happened here millions and millions and millions will watch yeah, the England semi-final in you the saying final. that though Australia and New Zealand um, you know we, we alienate those countries from the world game then in a way don't we if we say well, they, well no, you can't they've have got, it well, they've got no, I think, you know, Australia have shown they can host a fantastic tournament and New Zealand, so they need to work around it and how to how to work around it. But well, how do you do that? And this well, they've got, if you want a World Cup, if you want a World Cup, you've got to stage games at fairly awkward times for your country. What, so you, you got, we're kicking that off at half past two in the morning? Well, then you've, got, you, you've, got, you've got to work a way of doing it, Terry. What I'm saying is, no, you don't need to do it that huge difference. I mean, look, England's games have been kicking off at a reasonable time. But um, and 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 they sh- and they schedule kickoffs down under to fit the United States of America, so they were kicking off at a- 0300 in in Europe to fit America. So they can work it out. They've got to work out better than they've done at this moment in time. But what, oh, let's just move on to something away from the women. But one thing I would the my last thing about the women I would say, and I ask you for a comment, both of you on this. Okay, they've got to take criticism because at the moment in the media. If you, you if if you feel you're going to criticise the women's game, you, you feel as if you're going to be a pariah. You know why? That. You could, we criticise the men's game all the time. They want they want the success, and I and, and I've been privileged to be part of that. Privileged. You want the success. You want the extra money. You want parity. You've got to take the criticism, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, most definitely. And I think they've got to find a way of being self-subsidising as well, because you know I'm a big fan of non-league football as well. And sometimes the, uh, the FA take the, the monies out the coffers and support the ladies to the detriment of the non-league. Mm. The FA trophy money and the FA Cup money gets less 
for those clubs to try and survive in the non-league. The ladies, hopefully, are going to get to the stage where they're getting however many they're getting in the crowd and they're getting the good sponsorship in. But I think if you're doing anything, any branding or whatever, surely you can only give the players the money that they're generating. The Premier League generates absolute fortunes, absolute fortunes. So those Premier League uh, players and the managers and everybody else, that's why they get the big money. The ladies have got to get up their game a bit to get there. I'm not talking about on the pitch, up their game everywhere else. I get you. But you know what? Do you know what, Tony? Yeah, but you know what on that, though? Um, if it isn't working, why we, why why keep pushing it? They've been given every single chance for, for people to go and watch them on the weekends. The, the ladies' game has been given so much hype and it's been given so much... Hype's the wrong word, sorry, publicity, you know, and rightly so. But mm. if people aren't going to turn up at the gate, then they're not going to turn up, are they? If people aren't going to be into it, they're not into it. And that, that's it. We shouldn't force an issue, you know. It's, yeah, and, and also, I, th- I do think you're going to get better and better for the ladies because the kids are going to play at a younger age. The ladies. Yeah, and brilliant. And that's all good. That's all good. That, that's, that's the big plus. I mean, they've all mm. got the heroes of watching these ladies now. So, I mean, obviously, the, the boys and the boys' football that we all came through, which was just a natural course, and the way it's gone with academies, if we can get that with the ladies and it's all self-subsidising, brilliant. And we'll get a lot better players for it because they'll have so much more better facilities that they're going to get now and they can parade their skills like that. But um, it's got a long way to go. It has got a long way to go. But they've got a lot of thanks to do to the men's game as well. And, but, and Jonathan, you're exactly right, Terry as well. When they play bad or... Or the standard isn't all that. We've got to say, no, that, you know, I took it on the chin when I was fifteen years of age as a kid. Like so, surely these ladies could take. I'm sure they could as well. I'm sure they could. They, yeah, they, it's they, a message. It, it's a message for all them watching on. I yeah. used to slaughter Tony Gale when I was commentating on him. He was awful. He couldn't <laughs> run. He couldn't pass. He couldn't do this. He couldn't head the ball. There's six things wrong about him. And then he became, he became my best mate. He became my best mate and we travelled oh, the world. I've been rode out then. Can I just mention that we became such good mates, Sel, that my book is out on September the 1st. Oh. Yes. My book is out on September the 1st. Sorry for dropping a big plug in here. And guess who done the forward for it? Jonathan himself. Uh, where I have drawn the line is I don't want a picture of him in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he won. He won. He, what's the truth is, Terry? I'll tell you the truth there, right? He wanted George Clooney to write the forward of the book, so he got the next best thing. That's it. That's I, it. I get it. Looks and so, everything. Uh, just tell me something. Uh, so the book is going to be out on obviously uh, on the old tree stuff, the old paper, and also I imagine on all the electric books as well. Yeah, it's going to be out on everything. Yeah, so you can get right. it off. Um, you can pre-order it on Amazon. I have. Of course, been. you can. But I will expect to see you two at one of my book launches. What you need to do is you need to do an and audio book. You need to do an audio book, and I and I will do it. I'll, I'll read the book out. I'll do the book. All right. I'll do the reading for it. Oh, no, 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 no. Ten, ten, <laughs> ten grand an hour. Ten grand an hour. Fifteen. Uh, can I ask you about Roy Hodgson the weekend? By the way, brilliant. It was. It was great. I don't even think he was trying to hold the plot. The ball came towards him and he hasn't got the best of controls. It rolled on his right foot and Roy's a left-footed player, isn't he? And he's, uh, when he used to play in his non-league days at Dulwich Hamlet, everybody would tell you, he had a good left peg. But uh, he just he just got a bit of a shove. But unfortunately, when he shoved him, he caught him in the unmentionables, didn't he? And I, that's, <laughs> that's why Roy, 
that's why uh, Roy reacted. It was funny. Yeah. What a man he is, though. What a man. Uh, yeah, you got to love Roy. He looks like it, an owl, doesn't he? It was funny. Matt Slow as well is react when he realised Roy was having to go back at him. He he just smiled and he was just he saw the funny side. Of, and they did afterwards, and I think it was all yeah, it was all it was. it was all made up. We're into Palace, and let's talk about your predictions for the season. We've only we're only one week in. I saw Brighton very very good, and they continue to bring good players through. And Ding was the latest one this season. The boy Ferguson up front is unbelievable. He's sensational. He'll go somewhere probably next summer. That's the way they do it. Luton were very game and they created chances. Colton Morris might get a fair few this season, but at the back they were awful. And then uh, Brentford Spurs was just a weird, surreal game and, mm. and uh, mm. just bizarre. But uh, Madison played well and they, you know, and I uh, met him afterwards for the first time and he was a charmer. I really liked meeting him and um, really bright and he loves the game and uh, just bright. Bright, fizzy character, lovely. Anyway, how do you think it's going to go, Tone? Where, where, where would your money go to win tight. the title? It's going to be tight. Um, I think I, I personally think that Arsenal are going to struggle to do what they did last season. Even though they've got better players, they've got better players in the likes of Abertz and uh, obviously Declan coming in. But they had such everything kind of went in their favour last year, didn't it? And momentum, everything, mm. the crowd. I think there's going to be a little bit of expectancy down at the Emirates now, which they've got handled like they handled the momentum thing last year. How the crowd was like, oh, we really got a chance. We didn't think we were going to have a chance. So I don't think they're going to do as well as what they did last season. I still think City will win it. Uh, but just having a look at City, I think they're probably going to get active in the next couple of weeks. They'll bring probably two or three more in because their squad with De Bruyne getting injured looks a little bit lighter, doesn't it? But they got some quality players, City. Really, really mm. good team. Can't see anyone touching them for the league with consistency. They want, Paquetta, they want Paquetta from West Ham, don't they? Oh, I don't think he sh- I've seen him play a lot for Leon. He was terrific. He Prowse has gone there now, and he's, he's Prowse gone to West Ham, hasn't he, today? He, yes, he, yeah. 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 Paquetta, which would again free up Paquetta to go. But he, I think he'd be terrific at Manchester City. What do well, you think, I sir? think, uh, Jonathan, you got his name pronounced wrong. It's Paquetta. It's 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 not actually it's Pekata. Pekata. Well, where did oh, you we're going to get into this, are we? Who eh, who would you buy your car off of? It wouldn't be Pekata. It's Pekata. I just bought my car you, of Lucas Pekata. Right. Do you know that's not his name? Do you know what Pekata? It comes from an, it comes from an island where he comes from an island in Rio where they've got animals on the island like big guinea pigs and they are called Pekata. And that's where he gets his name from. It's not his real name. Well, that's like Corrado, isn't it? That means to run. Uh, anyway. Where's your money well, on Terry? Newcastle were going to be up there, you know. I think I'm I'm probably going to go with Newcastle this season, and to I'd win like the title. to see that happen. Um, those, those, and, those comments from you, Terry, was still proven to me that you are a great comedian. You, you still <laughs> you think that you think that Newcastle have got no chance of winning the Premier League? I didn't say no chance, but ah. I they will. I didn't. Think but I that. think that that young Jonathan Pierce said, "What is your prediction?" And I to try and make an interesting podcast. <laughs> I've gone for Newcastle United, right? I, I just, I, I look I, for me. Apart from the Saudi thing, I'm not, well, that's a whole different ball game, and I'm not getting into that. I, I always have had, and always will have, a soft spot for Newcastle. Who knows? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for just to make it just be different from you two. I'm going to go for Arsenal. Uh, that's just just be. I think Man City will win mm. it, but I'm just going to go Arsenal for for the sake of being different. Let's talk about Saudi. How dangerous is this for European football, let alone Premier League football? How dangerous? How disrupt? How wrong word? How disruptive is this? Uh, not yet, 
but down the no. line it could be. I mean, they've proved that they've got the riches that they can buy anything, quite honestly. Uh, they're offering silly sums of money to players who are coming to the end of their days now. So goodness knows what they offer to players who are in their prime. If someone like Mbappe went there or something like that. But I think there are ways off it. I know it's a well-supported thing, Jonathan, but a lot of them are all off the TV. It's not a well-supported thing at the stadiums. So what would, how are you going to replicate the Premier League or La Liga in that kind of sense as well? You can buy as many players as you like, but you won't be able to buy 50,000 crowds. You know, well, stick. it's not even that. It's more the point is the old days. You know. Well, you know, when we all played football as kids, we wanted to win stuff, didn't we? You know, that's what we were after. We were after winning trophies and stuff. I mean, it's not like it's a trophy you're going to be after in the Saudi Arabia, is it? No disrespect. I mean, you're going to want to win the Spanish or the, the German or the English or the even the Scottish. But uh, do you get what I'm getting at? Well, yeah. about winning great titles and the best you're titles. Right. You're right there. And Champions no, League. And... Harry Kane's gone to Bayern Munich to win titles, hasn't he? You know, and it's... Um... There's still reputable titles over there. I mean, the Saudi League's not going to be a count as a title for me. Uh, I think they're a long ways off, Jonathan. Might be not in our lifetime, but you never know. A little bit further mm. down the line. I think they'll. I think they'll fill the stadium artificially, like they did in Qatar. They'll give tickets away to fill the stadium, so it looks good on TV. Quick word on Harry Kane going England captain now playing in Germany, Tom. Yeah, great for Harry, isn't it? I think um, I was surprised Spurs let it get to that stage. But I think uh, his last contract was the end. You could sense that because I don't think Harry got the, the greatest deal out of Spurs that he could have got. And um, obviously, I think Daniel Lee, he'd done a good deal for Spurs there. But it, it come back to bite Spurs a little bit in the end, didn't it? But if you're not going to buy all the players around him that they've undoubtedly told that they would, then obviously he's going to come a cropper in the end. But you never know. It could make be the, the making of Spurs as well because... Everything did revolve around Harry, didn't mm, it? Yeah. Did revolve around Harry. So go into the market now. You've got Richarlison up front, but go into the market for maybe a outstanding young forward that maybe they can bring along. That's what they need. Well, to they do. might need the, the, the Brighton magic because they're always so brilliant at doing that. Can I just turn our uh, thoughts to Wolves as well? What the hell is going on at Wolves? That is becoming a right mess, isn't it? Yeah, I was delighted they're to see the right that state. one player. All, all the players are up for sale. Yeah. Yeah, one player, Max Kilman, who used to be at Maidenhead with Alan Devonshire, you'll know, boys. Uh, he's just signed a five-year contract, but it's looking bad for Wolves, isn't it? It's looking bad. Uh, when, when, how they could have got so far so quickly, and then you can feel that the slump's going to come. A bit like maybe Leeds did, when they spent all that money when they got up there, and then they sunk so badly down, didn't they? Who's your three to go, Tone? Three to go, you'd have to say... Sheffield United and Luton, you would say, mm. uh, and and then you've got one between quite a few clubs. Mm. Depends who keeps hold of their players in the next few weeks, BSE, or brings people in as well to to supplement what they got, because there'd be quite a few clubs hoping that they get off to a decent start. Uh, it, football's so instant now that these first half a dozen games, you know, people will panic. Chairman, CEOs, mm. owners, all over. First six games, if you haven't got six points on the table at least, then they're all going to start panicking, aren't they? And the old exit door's going to go. And Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, that, it's, the shut, it's the shutting of the uh, of the transfer window that panics. I mean, years ago, you'd worry about the first 10 games. But now, because of the, the window, that changes the whole thing. And that's probably why it's more instant. 
I'm, I'm going for the two you said plus Wolves. Terry, what are you going for? Uh, I, I don't know. I've got a feeling that I, I think Luton might. I don't know why Luton. Here we go again. Luton might. They might. Ju- I mean, the thing about Luton is that you know they don't like it up them in the Premier League, and they they proved that that's how they play. Now I don't know if they can keep that up for for that many games. So uh, I think Sheffield will go down. I think I think Burnley might go down. You know. I've got a feeling that um, he'll leave Burnley and go someone a, a poaching old company. I, uh, I think with Luton and Jonathan saw him at the weekend, uh, and I, I spoke to Mickey Arthur, speak to him quite a lot mm. actually, and uh, mm. their home form, like Nottingham Forest's home form, kept mm. them up last season. Mm. Their first home games against West Ham when the stadium's had its all its reparations done, so their home form is going to be a key. Tight pitch. I know that's exactly, and they don't like it up and they they like exactly right, Tony. It's nice, it's a tight ground, even the seats are tight. You know, you go there as an away fan, you can't bloody move. And I I just wonder how they're going to fit the squads of the Premier League and all their masseurs and psychologists in their dressing rooms. (laughs) Maybe they don't need all that, they can prove it. (laughs) I mean, that's a subject for another podcast. How many people are involved now? It's unbelievable. I'll tell you what, they've got over Christmas, they've got Newcastle and Chelsea at home. Christmas fixtures are so unpredictable. With that atmosphere at Kenilworth Road rocking for those two games, there might be an upset in one, maybe mm. both of them, and that might be a little bit of a, of a kickstart for the season, but I can't see them staying up. Look, we've run out of time. Before you go, a little bit of trivia. How many people in a dressing room on match day? Average, 45. What? NFL? In a, not in the lower leagues, Premier League. No, not in the... No, in and no, out the, of dressing rooms, eh? That's crazy. Here's another bit of trivia just before we come to the end. How many people can now stand on the touchline in the technical area? How many people can stand in the technical area? Two. The answer on the touchline is the one. Tony was putting up one finger. Wow. And only two can stand up, but the second one has to be backed by the seats. No one else can stand up. Yellow card will... It's good. By the way, good, before good. we do go, your use what you said last season about how to put the keepers back on their line, just give them a yellow card. Happened the weekend. Whatever happens to Harry Kane in Munich, he will not have the experience Tony Gale had with me sitting at a bar for breakfast. It was the morning after England had beaten Germany with Michael Owen's hat trick oh, in yeah, Munich. Fine. And we sat and we sat there and they're all coming past us going to their offices looking as if they were going to a funeral. First of September. And we, and we sat there with smiles on our faces. <laughs> <laughs> 3rd of September, wasn't it? That was in 2001, that was. What is what is the third significance if that was that till September the 1st? It's uh, the launch of my book. Oh! Yes! <laughs> and the book is called... That's Entertainment. Ah, oh, fitting. Oh, fitting. Well, I hope you've been entertained by this week's podcast. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's, always, it's always great to get one out. At the start of the season, eventually. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Tony Gale, thanks very much. Thank you, Tell. Jonathan Pierce, thanks very much. Until next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.